Welcome to the world of Pokemakers. I'm Professor Fierce. And I'm Professor Fierce. But if that's too confusing, you can call us... JD. And Alex. For some people, Pokemon are pets. Others use them for battles. We're here to create all new Pokemon. And a world for them to inhabit. Last time, we talked about the entire plot of Pokemon North and South. We went through it point by point, particularly as it pertains to Team Astro. And we had a little brief discussion about the overall themes of the game as well. Uh, we also made some Pokemon. We made a Llama. We made Lamby, which is a small baby llama, which evolves into Alpancho, which is a llama-sized llama. Also, isn't Lambie more of an alpaca? Yes. Today we're going to be talking about our final main topic for Pokemon North and South. Ooh. But before we get to that, we've got Scarlet and Violet news. So much of it. So let's talk about particularly the new Pokemon. Fido. Bread Dog. There's a dog and it's made of bread and it's yeasty. Bread Dog. Bread Dog. Bread Dog. It's bread a pure dog. fairy type and it's just another one of those ones that's like name of thing. Its name is just Fido. Yeah. Sometimes I think we overthink the names. Well, that's the thing. I think we do overthink the names and I think. <laughs> That's something we'll talk about at the end of season one here. We overthink the names. We could just be chilling with things like Fido. There's also Satitan, which is a whale, I think, I guess. It's the terror whale Pokemon, as in land whale, which I guess Pokemon just likes taking sea creatures and putting them on land. You know, sure. Garchomp was the land shark. And, sure. And again, Pokemon just likes making whales very round. It's not the roundest Pokemon compared to Smolive, Lechonk, and a lot of our own Pokemon. But its main body is just a ball. This one's a narwhal. That's neat. They haven't done a narwhal yet. Yeah. And there was more stuff in that trailer, but we'll finish up with the Pokemon first. Because also, more recently, is Cyclizar. It's a pre-evolution, probably, for Coridon and Miraidon. It's not actually confirmed that's what it is, or it could be some other kind of form thing. But my guess is it's just a pre-evolution that you get for most of the story of the game before you actually get the legendary. Yeah. Just Late like game and post game. Basic vehicle Pokemon. Yeah. Vehicle Pokemon is a fascinating way to do this. Yeah. One all terrain vehicle. <gasps> I just remember Twitch plays Pokemon. All terrain Venomoth. Yeah. Yeah. Just one all terrain Pokemon to get you wherever you need to go. <laughs> to it's... rule them all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to ride them all. There's also <laughs> Paldean Wooper. Yeah. Paldea is the name of the region. I don't really have much in the way of responding to that. I'm not sure what, if anything, specifically drawing on. Like, Galar, I can see. Oh, it's like Gallant and Alola from Aloha. I'm not sure about Paldea, but maybe it'll become more apparent in the future. Tweet at us if you know where that name is coming from. Hmm. Paldean Wooper is a poison ground type. The first time that's happened in Pokemon since Nidoking and Nidoqueen. And it's like a little skull and crossbones skeleton thing. skull and crossbone design. Do you think it'll get a new evolution instead of Quagsire? I hope so. Some kind of skeleton thing. Yeah. Maybe it'll be a poison ghost type. You've got a gym leader, Grusha of Glaciado. You know, that's a person name, Grusha. Sure, why not? Remember when you get Pokemon character names like Brock, where like, yes, it's an obvious pun, but at least that's a name of a person. And now it's Grusha. I've never met a person named Brock. And there's the Terrastal phenomenon. Terrastalized Pokemon. That's this game's battle gimmick, which involves a Pokemon's types. Yeah. Like the elemental shards but I believe it just it changes the Pokemon type with this not necessarily giving it a third type so it's not as ambitious as ours which has been rare from what we've seen so far from Scarlet and Violet so far everything about it has been way more ambitious yeah it does seem like it's been taking a step further than we thought would have been yeah but not this cool. one that's the overworld stuff the yeah. in battle stuff I guess we're a bit more daring
going with because this one it gives the Pokemon a pretty crystallized gimmick and hopefully Onyx gets to do it so we can get an anime callback <laughs> and something sprouts from its head to match its terror type and each individual Pokemon has a unique terror type it's not like a species thing or whatever yeah. it's the individual Pokemon which allows it to become a specific type in battle I remember when we first started talking about adding additional types to things I don't think we'd ever considered that any individual Pokemon that's just part of its stats the same way that all of the other randomized yeah. stats are yeah. and that has to be coded in specifically for every kind of Pokemon the things that it can do instead of just it's all random and there's a few other details there's some new battle items and stuff but we don't need to go into every little detail from these trailers we should get on with our own game because we're nearly at the end of Pokemon North and South today is our last main topic mm-hmm. still a little way to go before the end of season one but we're getting there guys almost there today we're going to be talking about our victory road so we're going back one last time to the town map (laughs) we went on a trip recently alex we did where did we go we went to crater lake yeah we stopped by crater lake it's very pretty very pretty national park in oregon and world wonder from civilization (laughs) six and just it's a great cool place if you don't remember our victory road and our pokemon league is set in the middle of a lake inspired by crater lake Mm -hmm. which is you know it's a super super deep lake in oregon victory roads in the past of pokemon the first few generations are pretty much caves Mm. very simple in concept some difficult challenges and puzzles and very much a maze to explore and get through but caves generation five was really the first time where that started to be challenged a bit and get something different as i mentioned when we talked about team astro in black and white the originally the pokemon league challenge gets disrupted by team plasma mm. and part of their activities there and also i think ensuing avalanches ends up damaging victory road between then and black and white too so the victory road in that game is also slightly different and again more outdoor areas which generation six also follows through on it's more like a series of caves sometimes the outdoor areas count as kind of checkpoints as well where you can move strength boulders to provide easier reaccess generation seven the victory road was uh, mount lanikila i think is how it's pronounced it's the first one that's not like listed as the location name as victory road in the game hmm. that one's a much more icy area and then generation eight just doesn't have a victory road <laughs> It has Route 10, which is an icy route, but it's just a route. And then you're at Winden, mm. which is the town where the Pokemon League takes place. So it's skipped a generation now. But we like the idea. We're gonna... Oh, yeah. Especially like taking it. And so as the generations went on, it's that they started becoming a bit more diverse in the biomes. Not biodiverse. Yeah. But biome diverse. Yeah. And we're going to take that to an extreme. Yeah. We were actually going to do this episode a few episodes ago until we realized we can probably just put it off until after we visited. We can talk about our visit as we design this it was super pretty it was a really gorgeous place yeah just like being big old lake with an island a wizard island wizard island both driving around it and reading about it and stuff and realizing the number of biomes at play here is oh yeah kind of incredible i think we're gonna have a very varied and different kind of victory road compared to a lot of games i wasn't expecting as we were driving around just to see piles of snow oh yeah in august we were very high out yeah clearly snow doesn't really melt when you get up that high. No, even though, you know, at ground level, it's like 100 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> but also, when I first heard of Crater Lake, I thought it was a meteor crater. Mm. It is not. It's no. a volcanic crater, yeah. which means there has been volcanic activity in the area, which means like in an underground section, we can absolutely have lava flows and like Yee. play with the uh, lava yeah. surfing under the shard. So I think one thing we're going to be able to include here is at least one opportunity to use every single elemental shard yeah. as like 
in the exploration of this place. You definitely don't need to use all of them. Our major theme of this game, choice. The whole point is you can choose your path and this is the ultimate place to choose your path. Yeah. Where there will be many branching paths involving different challenges and puzzles and the way you choose to get through is, it's up to you. I love having an opportunity to use all of the elemental shards, but mm -hmm. then also I would love at the same time to have callbacks to every location type from mm -hmm. the game. Sort of little sections of, oh, this is like those mountains. And yeah. oh, this is kind of like that beach. And this is kind of like re -creating. Like a miniature version of the region at large. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be really cool. So one thing, I don't remember if we said this way back or not, but one idea I had for how this virtual road would work is it's based on a lake and there would still be a lake in some fashion at play. But I was thinking of it much more as a crater than a lake. You start near the top. You see the tower, mm. champion tower that is based on Wizard Island for us. Yeah. Where the Pokemon League is. You can see it from the top, but like you can't enter it from where you are. You have to go down to the uh, bottom of the tower okay. to enter the tower and then okay. ascend the tower inside. Traveling down to the base of the tower is you exploring yeah. this area. It's so steep that you can't just go directly down. You have to like go sideways around. Yes, and, absolutely. And, and basically go the whole way around the crater. Yeah. You've still got the lake itself, but the island is the part that dips down and it can go very deep because Crater Lake Crater Lake is extremely deep. Is one of the deepest lakes in the world, especially on average. There'll be areas where you would surf normally, but like there's going to be some caves underneath parts of the lake as well. Mm. We're really playing with what the geography is, I guess. Ours might not necessarily be quite as deep at all parts as the real Crater Lake because we've got caves to explore instead. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I think the route itself around it would also be part of the Victory Road and that's where you get the wooded areas more. Yes. Because you're not going to get as much of that within. Maybe some of it on the island before you'd start climbing down, potentially. Let's talk about the ways you would use some of the elemental shards. Okay. Ice! I just mentioned how there's piles of snow yeah, especially in the surrounding you, area. Yeah, you're sort of starting from a high altitude mm -hmm. and working your way down, yep. up top there would definitely be some icy areas. Yeah, the higher altitude areas have got ice areas, so you've got these giant snowballs to build to climb into things, or maybe you need to roll one up and then push it off a cliff so that you're able to step down over it, mm. whereas otherwise it would be too steep for you to go down that way. True, yeah. Quicksand from the ground type of shard, probably within caves as well. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. Put quicksand anywhere. Gliding is easy. There can absolutely just be like pits that you can glide across or potentially climb across with the rock shard instead. Mm. Maybe there's a bridge that's broken that you could either glide across or you could do the vine swinging thing. Yeah. Well, where are you picturing a bridge? In, in a cave area or in the jungly outside area maybe? Outside area. Like, okay. Because sure. I'm picturing you start kind of high up on a mountain and you sort of work your way down, yeah? Yeah. That's how I'm picturing it. I'm picturing a narrow mountain road. Sure, yeah, yeah. That also goes inside the mountains for various yeah, caves. Yeah, and things, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, I do like the idea that you come outside the caves as you're descending and like you can see the tower itself at various points. It's looming over you. Yeah. More and more as you get further down, you just, you're constantly aware of your challenge slash destination yeah. the whole way through. But I'm just picturing some rope bridge or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like two high points mm -hmm. or a gap between some caves. Mm -hmm. Another place we stopped on our vacation was, <laughs> I can't remember what that's called. It was just a, it's just a, a gorge. It's just like a Oh, ravine. yeah, yeah. It was gorgeous. Haha! <laughs> <laughs> gorgeous, <laughs> gorgeous. And there was, there was plenty of that even at Crater Lake. Mm, yes. 
just sort of steep areas in between tall points. Yeah, lots of beautiful trees as well. Maybe some of which you cut down to make a log bridge with your bug shard. Yeah. Yeah. Plenty of things you can be levitating with your psychic shard. No problem there. Some of these caves, especially as you get further down, some of the deepest ones in particular will have lava pools, magma pools that you can ride across. Certain other caves will have tar in them. Yeah. Or maybe that's in like a cliffside area that's more exposed. How does tar form? I don't know. We'll check into how tar forms, but maybe that needs to be in an exposed area in contrast to the lava pools that are more submerged. It wouldn't necessarily be entirely wilderness. Thinking back again to when we were literally at Crater Lake Mm -hmm. and they've got ranger stations set up. They've got bathroom areas and there's a park. Mm -hmm. I can easily see at various points throughout your sort of pathway. Maybe there's like a stop point where there's a lodge or something Mm. as a halfway point. Here's some potions if you want to buy them or take a rest or whatever. Mm. Also, our back room's haunted. (laughs) Could you fix the lights for us? (laughs) (laughs) You know, like... (laughs) That's so random in the middle of Victory Road (laughs) to get a side quest. It's not not really a side quest so much as like... Sounds like a side quest. It's it's just like there's hidden rooms that you can access that have useful (laughs) items in them. I think it's okay if the ghost one doesn't show up in this area necessarily. You... We wanted all of them. But all of the ones that are for exploration that way, there's not going to be a particular thing that you use the steel elemental shard for here either, because that's for a cooking mini game. But I mean, all of the, all of your different tools for exploration. For instance, going back to the items as well, when we're talking about starting in the higher up snowier area, there should be an area that you get to ski as well. Absolutely. There should be an area in the lake. Well, I mean, there absolutely is areas in the lake for surfing specifically or surfboarding as mm. it were. And of course there'll be waterfalls here. There's, it's not a victory road without waterfalls. <laughs> well, apart from generation one. <laughs> and of course there's rocks to smash. The point is you descend through this, this tower via your own chosen yeah. route of various alternate routes. Keep watching this tower as you go the whole way until you get to the bottom and you find the entrance to the tower. And by this point you are ridiculously deep in this lake and you, are, like, you would have water around you on all sides. The very base of the tower has obviously got to be in a semi man-made area. Ooh, can there be one of those aquarium tunnels? Well, that's what I was going to say. At the actual area where the tower itself stands, after you come through out of the final cave and then approach the tower, and the base of the tower can have partly surrounded with just a glass wall. Yeah. And you can see the bottom of the lake on the other side and, like, the depths and the whole weirdness of the bottom of a very deep pool of water. Very cool. How dark do you think it gets in the bottom of Crater Lake? I mean, pitch black. Definitely. There's no light down at the bottom of that lake. I want to go to the bottom of that lake. Oh, you know where there could be some kind of ghosty thing, maybe? Hmm. You know how there's a ghost ship in Crater Lake? There is a little island called Ghost Ship. It's not even an island. It's a, like just a couple of rock pillars. It looks like a ship when there's fog. Yeah. You can't quite make out what it is, and it looks convincingly like a ship. So maybe there's just an actual ghost ship in our area that shows up at certain times of, on certain nights or something. Okay. <laughs> I'm never going to say no to that. And it can be a ghost version of Captain Pegg. Oh. And then, like, you can go and talk to Captain Pegg about the artifacts, and they're just like, no, why would I go there? We don't take our ship there. But I saw you there. Nope, not us. Must have been a ghost. It was their great-great ancestor <laughs> who had the crazy idea of <laughs> sailing a lake and their ship crashed there. Mmm. And you could see the boat sometimes at the bottom of the lake as well. Ooh. <laughs> it's a long, winding road that starts up high and goes down to the bottom of yeah. the lake. Almost a little bit spiked down. That's that's how I'm picturing it. 
yeah. yeah. Like when you go on a steep hike or something and there's the switchback trails, but instead of that, it just it just continues down in one singular slope yeah. as you reach the bottom. There'll be at least one section of a bridge that's constructed along the outside of the cave going down that mm. is just a very long path, so you get to run around the tower and just soak it in for a yeah. bit before you re-enter with a different cave yeah. on like the other side. <sighs> just Yeah, cave back and forth. Yeah. There's photo points. <laughs> <laughs> but just the idea that it's a, a victory road you're exploring going downwards is uncommon. There are caves that you enter and yes, there are basement floors to them, but nothing quite where you're just going deeper and deeper and deeper yeah. and coming out. This does sound like a very cool hike that I wish were real and that I could go on. <laughs> An all downhill hike where you end up at the bottom of a lake and yeah. there's a cool... But not just the bottom tunnel. of a lake because you started on essentially a mountain Yeah. and that mountain has then had the interior of the mountain drilled away down to the bottom of one of the world's deepest lakes. Super cool. If this were real, this would be the coolest hiking, because like, super <laughs> cool. You start out high up and it's all downhill. Yeah. Super cool area to look at. I don't know how you get back up to your starting point. I don't want to think about that part. Fortunately, the tower itself will have an elevator inside it as you battle ah. through the Pokemon League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, we're talking about how unfathomably deep this lake gets, so you can go inside and battle five trainers. <laughs> Yeah, that's... <laughs> How tall is this tower? Tall. How many floors does it have? Six. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the base floor where you enter and it's like got the Pokemon Center and the shops and things. Yeah. And you're, right. Well, I guess more than six. Cause like, also, like the Hall of Fame will be on a, another floor up. Sure. Oh, the Hall of Fame is totally on top of the tower itself. You're outside by that point and you're in, yeah. like exposed to the elements at the top of this giant tower. Oh, yeah. And then, cool. from, and like from there, best view of Olsia. Yeah. And like you can, you'll look around, there'll be a little cutscene that will like spin around and show you the north and the south. Yeah. The areas you've explored. Oh, that's nice. As you come to the end of your exploration in Olsia. As we have come to the end of our exploration through Olsia, the only things we have left to create for this region are some Pokemon. In who's that? Pokemon! <laughs> Alright, so it is your turn to lead on a Pokemon today. Yeah. The Pokemon I've got today is inspired, yes, by certain animals, but more specifically, it's inspired by a certain very unique body part that only certain animals have. And so have you ever heard of a parietal eye? No, but I have two guesses. Okay. Is it like a snail eye that sticks up on a stalk? No. Is it like a chameleon eye that can turn any direction? You're oddly close, but no. Okay, then I don't know. I think certain chameleons have a parietal eye, but- <gasps> Oh no, it's the, oh, it's the one! <laughs> A parietal eye or a pineal eye, also known as a third eye, that certain lizards and fish and other animals have. Most famously, or most developed on the animal, is on the tuatara, a reptile that is related. It's a reptile that looks a lot like a lizard, but is not a lizard. Oh. They are unique to New Zealand. Mm -hmm. It looks like an iguana, for those yeah. of you listening at home. Yeah, until you see its parietal eye. Which is basically just like a cluster of nerves that is sensitive to light, right? Yes, and they can be more in less developed, but they do function somewhat like an eye. They yeah. like what are eyes if not a cluster of nerves sensitive exactly. to light? It's basically an underdeveloped eye. Yes, it can't it... see fully, but it can see light and shadow and things. It gives the animal an edge in regards to seeing predators coming, um, mm -hmm. knowing you know time of day. On some of them, you can yeah. barely see anything at all. Yeah. On some of them, you can see a very clear mark that is something. And here's the thing: we're making a Pokemon, so we're obviously going to exaggerate the 
heck out of it. Yeah, make it an actual eye. Make it an actual eye, but also an actual third eye, because yeah. what else can a third eye refer to? Oh, like psychic, psychic abilities. abilities. So it could be a psychic type lizardy creature. Yeah. Because also, yes, many fish and frogs and things have these as well. We haven't really done any reptiles. Uh, we've done a turtle. You know, we haven't done just lizardy we creatures. We haven't done a, a, a lizard. Yeah, this is probably going to be a lizard that evolves into something more akin to a tuatara. I think it's going to be a two stage, and I think the first stage could be based on any number of particular local lizards. I quite like a skink. Oh, I love a skink. I think it could be a skink. I think we base this on a western skink and evolve it into a tuatara. Cool. It's partly based on a local creature as well as drawing on something that is exclusive to New Zealand, but it's very cool. Now we have a choice. I think it needs to have a secondary type as well, because we've got relatively a high number of pure psychic types compared to most types we've done. An obvious secondary type for a lizard Pokemon of anything would be dragon. Mm. It's not always done by any stretch, but it could be a psychic dragon, which is so far I believe only been Latios and Latias. Ooh. They're very much based more on mythical dragons, and here we're taking it and being more reptilian. Things like yeah. uh, Drydagon, like a reptilian dragon, very lizardy. In the first age, it would have a parietal eye that is more akin to a real parietal eye that is underdeveloped, still covered with skin, yeah. so you can't quite see it. Then it's more of like a set of scales that kind of look like the pattern of an eye, rather than it being an actual eye. Is how I'm imagining the Pokemon. I, I like that for a visual. Yeah. I want it to also still be an actual parietal eye oh, that yeah, can still yeah, yeah. be sensitive to light and have a slight glow to it, so it's yeah. a bit more of an but it's eye. It's like a tiny little pinprick in yeah. like the middle of the scale. Yeah, pattern. the scale. The scale pattern is a very fun idea. And then when it evolves, it becomes a full-on third eye, bigger and more prominent than the other two. Very glowy. Yeah. And it's a little psychic lizardy thing. Notably for a skink, skinks have very small, almost underdeveloped limbs. So its main body shape would be somewhat snake-like, with little limbs at first, which can again also kind of play into the psychic element of it. It can move its own body with psychic abilities yeah. more so than using its limbs. Um, it doesn't really need limbs. Also, it looks like Western skinks in particular often have very bright blue tails. Ooh, that's fun. Yeah, very fun visual little element here. Yeah. The main body can be more green, greeny, browny, black sort yeah. of lizardy colours. And then the brighter colours can become more prominent when it evolves as well and its psychic powers become more developed. But the Tuatara, side note, is also just an incredibly cool creature. It's like, wow, they haven't made a Pokemon of this yet? <laughs> like, I could see Tom using one of these. I could see Sam using one of these. Yeah. Oh, it's one of the ones that like, ooh, he looks like he's got a little beard. So those are the elements you get to accentuate on the evolved form. Oh, after bearded lizard. After Skink. E baby. Smooth round baby. Tiny limbs. And then like an older wrinkly. Mm hmm And then you can bring in vibes of like a wizened sage as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, okay. So it's not a lizard because it's a Tuatara, which is not a lizard, but it's a lizard wizard. Lizard wizard. Okay. Give him a staff. <laughs> and a hat. That's what you do for the Digimon version. Well... I don't think the Pokemon has a staff and a hat. No, he's a, he's a lizard. Yeah. Well, not a lizard, but a lizard. <laughs> it's like Janet from The Good Place. <laughs> not a lizard. Not a lizard. <laughs> what is a lizard, really? I... Apparently, biologically distinct from a Tuatara. Uh, how about we give these two some names? We probably should do that. Yeah. So parietal eye, third eye, eye words, and then skink and Tuatara as the specific animals. Hashtag not a lizard. Hashtag not a lizard. I think the baby should have some kind of monosyllable name, like skink, because skink is a fun word to say. Yeah. Who doesn't like saying skink? Skink. Skink? Sink? Ooh. Skink. Skink with a 
pee on it. <laughs> Spink. This is getting messy. <laughs> but it, maybe it just needs to be messy. Pokemon can have messy names. It's like we've been seeing with I the know. new Pokemon. It can't just be a word spelt like a pun. Two, uh, two Atara. Three Atara. Because <laughs> it's got a third eye. Two a tizard. <laughs> I kind of like getting Izzard in there, though, because then you're playing on Lizard Wizard. Yeah, okay. Trizzard, try your mm. eye. Lizard. Mm. That's not terrible. Trizzard. Skizzard. Skizzard? For the unevolved one this time, because it's a skink. But I thought you wanted it to have one syllable. Well, ideally, yes, but then if we come up with a good name that's more than one, I think that's okay. I think we could go Skizzard and then... Trizzard? Trizzard, yeah. Skizzard into Trizzard. Skizzard, Trizzard. King Gizzard and the Skizzard Trizzards. <laughs> Let's give one lizard and one not a lizard in abilities. <laughs> okay. One ability that comes to mind would be Keen Eye. Yeah. Which prevents the loss of accuracy on the Pokemon. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's usually a bird thing, but it doesn't have to be. I like the flavor of that. Oh, wait, what about scales? It's also very scaly and that's a thing. Uh, Marvel scale? Maybe. Maybe as a hidden ability. Or multi-scale. Ooh, Forewarn. Ooh. Like that kind of psychic idea. Yeah. Yeah. Can have those two as its main abilities. Keen Eye and Forewarn, and then I think we can give it one of these scale abilities as a hidden ability because they're both very powerful. Okay. One is the signature ability of Milotic and one of, I think I want to say Dragonite and Lugia. Mm. Although I think Dratini and Dragonair have the other one. So Marvel scale means if it's affected by a status condition, its defense is increased by 50% for whatever scaly reason. Or multi-scale, it reduces damage taken from damage dealing moves by half when it has full HP. That's cool. Yeah? Want to go with that one? Yeah. It's the more powerful one, but like it's fine. And it is on a psychic Pokemon and a dragon Pokemon. Yeah, that seems... And now it's on a psychic dragon Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> So today we've constructed the Olsean Victory Road. We've talked about the various paths and how you'll be able to use different elemental shard abilities as well as other abilities from your travel items to explore a vast diversity of biomes as you descend through a cavern and caved out island to the bottom of a very deep lake to find Champion Tower, the home of Olsea's Pokemon League. And we also made some Pokemon. We made Skizzard and Trizzard. <laughs> Skizzard, Trizzard. Two. Psychic Dragon Pokemon. A pair of Psychic lizard-ish Pokemon based on skinks and Tuataras with parietal eyes. So they can use their third eye to see all psychically. <laughs> so knowledgeable. So thank you for listening to Pokemakers. And thank you to the Pocket Podcast Network for hosting us. You can find other cool shows on the network such as Cult Classics, Steampunks, and Them's the Facts. Our theme music is by Mike Freitag. You can find him on Twitter at Admiral Amara. You can also find us on Twitter at Pokemakers. And you can find us both individually. I'm at Codename JD. And I'm at Pichu, P-T-C-H-E-W. And don't forget to check us out on the Pocket Podcast Network community Discord. Send us your thoughts and other things. Thank you. But until next time, gotta, gotta make them all. all. Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket. Do you like the Dresden Files novels, tabletop role-playing games, improv, adventure, or butt jokes? If not, I don't know if we can help you. Hi there, this is Michael, the host and game master for Green Mountain Mysteries, a Dresden Files RPG actual play podcast about four ersatz heroes fighting wizards and monsters in Burlington, Vermont. Come for the grand urban fantasy adventure full of diverse characters. Stay for the many butt jokes. 
seriously, one of the players is playing a proctologist. It's just mwah, chef's kiss. You can listen to new episodes of Green Mountain Mysteries every Wednesday on the Pocket Podcast Network or wherever fine podcasts are sold.